Hi, welcome to Clean Slate with Vicki and Joanna. Every day is a clean slate and a fresh start. Make today the day. So we are so excited to be back. Today is Friday. It is our first time at the Homeschool Expo. So hopefully if you're hearing this, you are on your way. If you're not on your way, get in the car and come down to the Galleria Center at in Marietta. Sorry, Cop Galleria Center in Marietta. So come see us. But we are going to turn this over to our dear friend, Jill Vickers. She has returned from an awesome trip to Nicaragua where she is seeing her awesome mentors down there where they are making some big changes in in their little town so Jill tell us how was it oh it was amazing Um, this was this I think I've done an update from the previous trip which was in January that I went on with my husband this time around uh, my sister is actually in town from Australia and she's been here for three months now and so she was able to uh, finally accompany me and I think it had been four years since she had been back um, just due to COVID the last time we planned to go together and she was back in the States um, we had to cancel that trip so this was her first time being there in four years so it was great to go back with her um, thinking that I would see a lot of kind of only being five or six months apart um, thinking that it, I would kind of just see the repeat trip but it was not that at all it was just probably in the 12, 13 years we've been going, one of the most impactful and impressive um, trips that we've been on. Wow. And I have told that to everybody. And I, it, it's not one of those things like um, where you say, this season on The Bachelorette, you would not believe. <laughs> I mean, this, was, this really was um, just an incredible trip all the way around. Um, we had... Probably the last time in January, we had like maybe five or six active mentors, and by active meaning that they show up to the events, they're regularly attending uh, any of the activities, teaching classes, and those kind of things. And and these kids were also a little bit more prone to behave like the average teenager, where it's just twisting their arm to get them to do something. So it was a little distressing then, and so I was a little concerned. Um, but we were told ahead of time, we had uh, 17 active mentors now. And it was just like, wow, in, in six months' time? What, what changed? I don't know what changed. Um, they had several that, you know, they had taught a lot of classes, and that's how you get new mentors, is they, they attend the Empower Curriculum course, and then if they're interested in becoming a mentor, they can be trained. So uh, evidently, there were just some really, really good teaching going on that impressed enough of the students that they wanted to become mentors. And in the past, too, you've had some that are very excited and you see them a lot, and then, you know, a handful of them who just kind of show up because we showed up. Um, but then we'll hear from the doctor, from Sylvia, that they don't participate that much. They're just here because you're here. Uh, evidently, with this group, that's not the case. They're All of them are on board and on fire for what they're doing. And so it was just, it was just amazing to see this group. And there were um, so many different personalities and talents within this group. We were just kind of mind blown the whole time. Um, 
So it was, uh, we've got, I mean, just tell you a little bit about a few of the mentors. One of them is, um, his name is Abdil. He taught himself English. He would get online, wake up at five o'clock in the morning, get on a YouTube video. And um, for the past year, has been teaching himself English. And um, so he was able to speak to us. And actually, Dr. Medina at one point put him on the spot and asked him to translate for us in a meeting, which he was petrified to do. But he did a fantastic job. And our regular translator was there to kind of correct him and, you know, speak the kind of teach him along the way. But he did it. He stepped up to the plate and he did an amazing job. Subsequently, he asked if he could teach the English classes for Empower, which we thought, wow, we had Yordanka, which is on our staff, um, starting the English classes. She'd been teaching them for a couple of months. But we were more than happy to turn that over to him and let her kind of, you know, oversee what he was doing, but plan out the lessons and everything, because that's what Empower is all about, is, is, you know, teenagers teaching teenagers. And so we figured there would be better attendance, it'd give him the experience of leading a group and teaching, um, and he has just started right in, and we get videos of activities he's doing, which looks so fun, the kids are having a great time. So he's very impressive young man. How old is he? 16, I think. Wow. Yeah, and he is, mm, pictures are worth a thousand words, I wish we could show this, but this this little fella, he's he's got glasses, very, very attractive young man, always put together, you know, shirt tucked in, belt, wearing a collared shirt, um, just looks like maybe he's, you know, more well off than some of the other mentors because he's just clean, put together, nice haircut. Um, and come to find out, Dr. Medina said he is is one of the most poor of the group. So just the way he gets up and carries himself, um, you would never know the situation that he's probably living in at home. Like a natural born leader. He is. He is. Um, spinning off of that, we would have, we had this really great, um, I guess, a pool party. At the end of the week, we always take the kids to do something. And it was quite expensive this time because there was 17 of them and they all showed up with the exception of one who had another, had other plans. Um, took them to a pool park where there were slides and waterfalls and all kinds of stuff there and we had lunch and so that's when Robin and I typically pull the mentors aside individually and just talk to them one-on-one -on -one to see if there's any issues, anything that would change. Um, usually we have, you know, comments about Dr. Medina is, you know, kind of harsh, or I don't get enough this or that. Not a single one of those 17 kids had anything negative to say about the program. But every single one of them said that they were interested in contributing in their own way. Every one of them said, I would like to do X. So we have, obviously, Abdil who wants to teach the English classes. We had a couple of girls who want to start teaching uh, makeup classes and how to put on makeup. We have one guy who's really into hydroponics, which we started a hydroponic system while we were there, but he also knows how to work with electrical systems and things, so he can fix small appliances that require electrical. He has his own little bag of things. He's gone to a little school that doesn't really certify you, but he's got the ability, and he wants to start teaching classes like that to the group. Then we have the barber. Um, he is in our 
he's he's been with this barber program for about six months now, so he's really good at it already. He wants to start his own business. Um, we had a couple of girls who really love, they went out and did vaccines for dogs, and they loved it. These two little girls loved it, and they're interested in vet stuff, but they were like, we'd love to come up with a way to do something with the, the dogs and the animals in the community. So we asked them, you know, absolutely, if you can come up with something you can do, other than vaccines, we'd be happy to try to support that. So it's just every single one of them has a, a gift and a passion that they want to use in Empower, which is just amazing. Um, so yeah, it was it, it was incredible. What is the age range of all of these kids? Like what? Well, this, this group, and I think one of the reasons they gel so well is because most of them are in school together at the same school. In the past, we've had a lot of kids just from other communities come in and they just don't have those those relationships already kind of built in. Um, these kids are mostly about between 15 and 17. Um, typically we would have some really young ones, but they're all about the same age, within a couple of years of each other. Um, we also, something else that was very impressive this time, we always go on these walks with um, a few of the mentors. Last time with Mike, we took like three girls. Um, this time we went on walks in the community and that's when we go and we take food or uh, just spend some time with some of the chronically ill or elderly people who can't get out. And um, they've started doing that on a more regular basis. Obviously the budget is an issue because there's about 17 to 20 families that Dr. Medina has identified as kind of critical in need of food on a regular basis, um, just relationships, those kind of things. But because our budget is so small for that, they have to kind of rotate each month what families that they can visit and supply um, food to. So we went out and saw seven families this time. And we took some of the, we took more mentors um, than we have in the past, but they brought, they practiced their Bible verses and the first thing they would do is go in and have a prayer and then read a Bible verse to the, um, the homeowners and then provide them with some food and this was dry food that they could cook themselves but they also spent a couple of hours making chicken and rice and salad and they packaged that up put tinfoil on it and gave them fresh food that they could eat right then and these kids are amazing cooks now I mean we have cooking classes that Sylvia's sisters do and and they cooked us like three or four meals while we were there and it was restaurant quality stuff wow. it was amazing oh gosh this stuff was so good jalapeno chicken with sauce oh gosh uh -huh. it's insane how good this stuff was so they delivered that out to these families but just sitting with some of these people and it's just heartbreaking the situations that they're in and you would think a teenager would want to steer clear of that when they have their own heartbreaking situation at home but for them to go and not give of themselves out of abundance, but out of scarcity, just given what they have, which is their time, um, they all said that's the favorite activity they do with Empower, is visiting the older people. And just going into these homes and seeing the conditions, that there is no place to cook food. There is, you know, the flies in stagnant water, the, the bed that's just cane, it's just made of cane and it has holes in it and um, man, it's, it's heartbreaking. Um, 
and you just want to do more, but you know that that food that you gave them may be the only food they get that week. They have to rely on neighbors or potential family to bring them food. They don't have ways out of their homes and they have no money at all. So it's, um, it, it's a program we would like to be able to fund uh, more so we could do this more often. Um, but one of the ladies that we visited, this is, um, this is just one of the most impactful stories and one of the times where I was like, I can't believe I'm part of this. But one of the ladies we visited numerous times in the past and she was the one, I think I mentioned on the last podcast or the last update that she had a message from God that said somebody was coming to see her and you know that was when my husband and I and a couple of mentors went and she felt like that she could go, like she thought that was a message from God that she could go. Well, she's, she's still alive, she's 99, sitting in the exact same spot with the exact same clothes on um, and six months had passed. Nothing's changed in her world, but they have visited her regularly. Her name is Sixta. And um, so we visited her and noticed this is rainy season. She still lives up under this lean-to on the back of a house. It's a, it's, it's a concrete structure house with, if you can imagine, just a, a lean-to that kind of goes at an angle in the back with the corrugated metal roof and some tarp and she sits under that, her bed's under there, and she sits in one of those plastic chairs, and that's, she sits there all day, all day long, and that's what she does. Um, the family apparently lives in the front, her kids and grandkids. I, I don't know that it's better living conditions because there's no windows, so this is literally a, an oven that they're living in. But from what I understood, she's not allowed to go into the home. I don't understand what that was about, but she's she's outside. So during rainy season, it's literally monsoon, deluge, amounts of rain, and her roof is so old, the metal you know has rusted through, and the tarp has got holes in it. And so when those two match up, the insides of her little home are, are soaked, and it's dirt floor, so it's mud. And, um, <clears throat> so Dr. Medina, who only has to speak something or think something and it happens, which is just another incredible thing. He said, you know, we're going we're gonna to fix this roof um, and get it because she had said the night before that she had to curl up in a corner of her bed and just sit all night long because it was, it was so wet everywhere. And she's 99 she's years 99. old. She's 99. Wow. Um, and not allowed in the house because that was the first question. Why wouldn't you go into the house? She's not allowed there. I, I don't understand. So anyway, we the, the very next morning, not only that, he's like, we're gonna, um, this just happens so quick, but he's like, we're gonna make you feel good. So they immediately found, he went and sent somebody out to buy tarp. Um, we had Sylvia's daughter, Mercedita. She donated five dresses. We had the mentor who wants to do all the makeup and stuff, and she came, brought all her makeup products. And we got there, actually at seven o'clock in the morning before we even got there, they had connected with somebody who would give her a haircut. They came out there at seven o'clock in the morning and gave her a haircut, fixed her hair. And then when we got there to do the roof, um, we had Giselle, you know, they put a tarp around her so she could undress and our mentor undressed this woman, put her new dress on. And she just, she just stays in one of those real thin 
gowns, you know, that's that's what she stays in, but it had holes in it and all of that. Um, so they put a new dress on her and the boys are working on the roof and Giselle and us are talking to um, Sixta and they gave her some new sandals and it was beautiful to see. One of our older mentors came to visit us and he wanted to come along and just seeing, I've got these beautiful pictures of him massaging her feet and then putting her new sandals on her feet. And he didn't have to be there. He just wanted to be there. Um, so she started giving her makeup and they had perfume and fixed her hair again and just made, oh, she, she just looked beautiful. Lipstick and everything and it was just the sweetest thing. Those guys got up on that roof, tore the old tarp down, um, put the new under and then put the old on top so there'd be another layer. So the whole process took about an hour, hour and a half to get all that done. But the smile on her face, and then she wanted to take pictures with everybody, you know, and she said she wanted them on her wall, which I don't know where the wall is. And then on the inside, there's, oh, there's all this plastic hanging down that's over her bed, and two of our mentors squished themselves in there and got that fixed up and stuffed back into the roof, and they're just just so loving to this woman. I was just, Robin and I were just like, I can't even believe this is happening, you know? <clears throat> so this is a woman also who has, you know, she has to go outside of this little structure. If she has to go to the bathroom, it's completely open. You're just sitting outside, stooped over a hole in the ground. Um, the kitchen I was looking at where you would cook, there's just flies everywhere. I don't know where anybody would cook there. Um, this, I don't know, it's, it's, it's very sad, but these mentors are just given their time, and we haven't seen their homes, but they're probably very similar. Um, so, it's incredible. Yeah. So I'm trying to picture this home. So there's a home that the family lives in, and she kind of lives on a back porch type it's the thing? Back, the back wall of it is where they have the, the structure that's kind of like a lean-to. The, the roof comes off the back of the house and slants down. So you can't stand up underneath her spot where she lives. You have to crouch down. Now she can sit under there without her head hitting anything, but you know, that's the ones where the chickens run in and out and you know, maybe on her bed, maybe it she had a small mattress. Some of the people we visited, the, what's popular there is just kinda like woven cane, almost mm -hmm. like you see in these rocking old rocking chairs or right. whatever. Um, a lot of people just sleep on the cane. She had a very thin mattress, which is what she rolled up and kind of put over her the night of the rainstorm. But um, but it is on that on that cane. So yeah, she's she's ready to meet her maker. Um, and you know we talked to her about that, and, and she feels like she's done everything she's supposed to do. And, or Sylvie was like, no, 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 you're going to be with us. You're going to stay with us. And I'm thinking, why? Right. She right. deserves to be in paradise. Right. Um, so we'll see. But we're going to keep up with that lady. Tell me about the story that you had told me about the young man with the kidney. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so Marlon's one of our mentors. He's a new one. And he's actually probably one of the ones who got so many of the new ones in because Everybody we interviewed, when we said, who was your mentor when you took the class? Most of them were like Marlon. Um, he is, I think, 16 years old, very dynamic young man, the kind of person people follow. Um, he's 
he's a small stature, but a very, very big personality. And during the welcome party, they always throw us a welcome party and showcase dance or music or something. He actually did a, a dramatic reading of a poem by Ruben Dario. And um, man, it was like watching, you know, some sort of Broadway play or something. The, the way he was able to communicate, even though it was in Spanish, you were just like, you couldn't keep your eyes off of it. It was incredible. So he's got a lot of talent in just being, uh, putting himself out there. Like he's not, he's not shy. And he kind of leads everybody. He's always doing, he's the first person to be there, the last person to leave. Um, but he does have uh, I, I, what I believe to be stage four kidney disease at 16 years old. And so he tires out a lot and you know has to lay down. The mentors really take care of him and um, see him that love and concern that he's found a place where people support him and not chastise him. But um, Dr. Medina was telling us about his situation in more depth and um, you know there's nothing in Nicaragua there's no list of um, kidney uh, transplant or anything like that. That's not a possibility. And Marlon does not want dialysis. And not only does he not want it, the family is also very, very poor and cannot afford dialysis. So the only hope he has is medication that can help with the symptoms. It's not going to change or reverse the process of the kidney disease, but they can't obviously afford any medicine either. And at the same exact time we were talking about that, my sister got a text from her daughter um, that said, hey, she, she was actually coming to the States, but she was still in Australia at the time. And she said, hey, I just wanted to, I just wanted to let you know I want to send some money for Empower. Is there anything specific that you would want me to send money for? Right when we were having that conversation, we had Wi-Fi in the teen center, so Robin was kind of talking back and forth with her, and she said, we're actually just now talking about Marlon, which is one of these guys, and he needs, he needs medicine. And she said, well, absolutely, I'll, I'll help with the medicine, which we thought maybe 100 bucks or something like that. She sent $500, which is going to provide him medicine for a year. Um, and so on a monthly basis, we will be giving him the money for his medicine for the month. And so that'll help with his symptoms. Um, it's, a, it's a sad situation, but he's doing, right now, his little thing that he wanted to start doing, we have, we have some guys who want to do Bible studies, they want to start leading the Bible studies, and they're like, yeah, we don't need an outside person. These guys are in other groups, that um, other Christian groups that they are part of, and they're very knowledgeable. So a couple of guys want to do that. Marlon wanted to um, be our social media. So he takes his phone and he does TikTok video style, you know, with music and sh showcases some of the activities we're doing. And so we're paying him a little extra each month to do social media videos for Empire. And um, he also was interested in doing homework help for the little kids. Uh, he's very small, so they can come in and he can tutor them and things like that. So they're all trying to make a little bit more money, but it's all really good. They're coming up with really good concepts. They're all community building kind of concepts. So, yeah, so he's a he's an impressive young man and needs prayer. Yeah. Oh, it just, 
I love every time that you come and talk about this because it puts my first world problems in perspective. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you think about the tiniest of things that sends us into sadness or depression or anger. And you just realize, oh my gosh, we have no problems. And shame on us for wallowing in our day-to-day problems that we have here and realize all of these amazing kiddos who have everything in the world to complain about if they chose to but they don't and they go and they they're still giving of their time and their talents and they're looking after each other and other people and man yeah that's a success in itself just to see when you think about you know the goal of empower originally being to reduce the um, teen pregnancies in the community and help them develop a relationship with God and uh, and understand what God's plan for their life is was the original goal but we've I think outside of that we've been able to find that their their talents spread so much deeper into um, what God would want for that community and when you can like I said before, when you can serve out of scarcity and give out of scarcity, um, that's that's truly be in the hands and, and feet of Christ. And so I think a lot of times we've had people say, you know, you're kind of muddying the waters. This is your, you know, your original objective is to do this, but now you're all over the place. And we just kind of, I don't think we are. I think we're, we're going where, where God guides us. It's all mentor focused. So if if we prevent pregnancy, that's that's great. If we change one person's idea about um, you know being careless about sexual activity and we prevent STDs, that's all a bonus. But I think just knowing that we've changed the lives of a few group of kids um, and for them to rely on each other and fall back on the adults that love them and know that their things may not be great at home, but you have a place to come where you're going to get support, that in and of itself is kind of worth it, you know. So we hope that these kiddos stick around. They seem passionate. They seemed like last time I had to tell them in January, I want to see you next time. I want to see you next time. I think there was maybe three that were still there. Um, this is a whole new group, and they all seemed like, oh, yeah, we'll be here. We had um, some of our older mentors come to visit us at the teen center and some of the very successful, like one of them who we gave scholarship to and he's an engineer now. And he came back and spoke to them. And one who's an English teacher and he came back and spoke to them. And then Mercedita who owns her own business came back and spoke to him. So they're getting that inspiration from, you know, look, I was here for years. I've taught hundreds of Empower sessions and it changed the course of my life. And now I'm, I'm doing this, and I'm married, and I have a child, and you know, just seeing that there are a few that we we really think we significantly altered the course of their future. So, I know when you're whenever you stick with something long enough, it's not like you were there for a season and you're gone and you've lost contact. You actually use those past mentors; they are they speak volumes. Mm-hmm to those kids that are in the program today because they can see their future. Right. And that is, 
there's that's empowering. I mean, that's, that's what that is. That's, so that's the whole point. Yeah, ah, it's phenomenal. So I always ask this: yep. How can people who are listening to this? How can they get involved? How can they help support? It sounds like financially is the best way to to support the right. program. Well, obviously, just keeping up and, and praying if that's if that's your your gift because we need that. Um, obviously, financial support is going to help us um, be able to expand some of these programs, particularly feeding more people. Um, but also, the mentors, you know, they do they do a lot of volunteer work. But these, keeping in mind, they do get paid to teach classes. And some of the ones who don't teach classes who want to take on an activity like being the English teacher or being the social media, we need to pay them because that's they're trying to support their families too. And they're right. in very dire situations. So not only do we have to come up with the money to change the program, expand the program, we need to pay someone to execute the program. And we want it to be the mentors. So there is more money that's involved. Um, so yeah, there there's all kinds of opportunities. And if someone wanted to reach out to me via email, that would be empowernick, N-I-C, at gmail.com. And if you want to know more about programs and what you have a passion to support, I can definitely get back to you. We have a Facebook page where you can use Messenger, and that's Empowered Nicaragua. Um, and yeah, the web, well, you can go on the website, but I don't communicate through the website. So I would say Facebook or the Empowered email. And you have um, a PayPal. And we have a PayPal, and that is EmpoweredNick at Gmail. It's the same as the email address. Got it. Yeah. Got it. Awesome. And we and it's set up on PayPal to reoccur, right? So you can if you go through the website, you can I think if even if you go into PayPal, you can set up your donation to be a reoccurring and set the date each month, or you can do a one time donation. So this is what I would challenge my listeners. It's like think about what you spend in a month and what could you divert, you know, whether it's that Starbucks or um I don't know, whatever might be your passion, what if for one month you pocketed that money, set it aside, and at the end of the month, sent it for just a month to empower, and you heard what it, what Jill spoke about, about the young man with the kidney disease, stage four now, who really has no hope of getting a transplant, they don't have that there, and what $500, what that paid for was a year's worth of medication that makes him not suffer as much. Right. It won't cure him, but he doesn't have to suffer. And while he's here, he can make an impact um, in his community because he has a passion for that. Yeah. And it's like, it's just, it's that kind of thing. We need to hear more stories like this. So... We, we think about our own lives and how we can help impact others. That, as Christians, that's we're here to serve. And we need to do that, whatever that is, whether that's hop on a plane and, and go firsthand and, and see this, if it's to set aside some funds for a little bit to help fund something, that's working. It's growing. 
there are so many other things that are stagnant, but what you and your sister and your whole team has done was you're growing this thing. It's got legs and it's more than just preventing the teen mm -hmm. pregnancy. You're doing it, it's it's that ripple effect. It's that pond in the lake. It's creating this far-reaching ripple effect that it, it's truly impacting not just those teens, but then um, the 99-year-old mm -hmm. down the street. Mm -hmm. It it really is. It's amazing. Did we cover everything? There's so much to say. So that'll be a part one. Okay. <laughs> That's so we, yeah, Jill, Jill will come back and we'll do another one very soon. But thank you for listening. And please, please consider donating because uh, you'll feel good about where your money's going and who it's supporting. Have a great day. Sometimes we succeed in life. Sometimes we fail. But every day is a clean slate and a fresh opportunity. Make today the day.